This week on Not Sauce for Work, Terry Tam is co-hosting. Eagle is producing. The Super Bowl has come and gone, and we already miss football. We discuss the big game and the NBA. We also sit down with Chris Aki of the Alouettes and talk all things pigskin. We'll get into all this and much more on this episode of Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Welcome everyone, you were listening to perhaps watching, not sauce for work. Um, I had a Super Bowl party at my place. It wasn't really a party, it was like really, my parents just looked kind of freaked out about COVID, so we kept it small. Um, we of course had too much food. The, uh, the one person outside of my family that we saw was a good friend of mine whose uh, kids are my godchildren and we babysit them frequently, so my folks are comfortable having them over. But so she brought over, we asked her to bring soft drinks. She brought over something I forgot existed. And it's kind of one of my my food guilty pleasures. I want to know, I'll tell you guys about mine. I'll give you guys a minute to think about yours. I do this all the time where instead of telling you in advance and letting you prepare, I just filibuster for 18 <laughs> seconds and hope you can think of something. But that's what we do again. Um, she brought over a 12-pack of spruce beer, which spruce I forgot beer. existed. Yeah. And it is fucking delicious. Yeah, spruce beer is good, yeah. I forgot. And and it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if I'd ever tell people, like, go out of my way to be like, have you ever tried spruce beer? Because, like, by the time I have to finish explaining what it is, it's like 7-Up, except it tastes like trees. It's like 7-Up, Terry, except it tastes like trees. And um, it smells a bit like the the filter. I'm thinking of something else completely. It smells like the the fake tree you put in um, in your car. Oh, okay, you know, like, like the, the, the new car smell? The new car smell, yeah. It's, it's a new car <laughs> smell drink. It's delicious. I love it. Um, it's it's probably horrendous to most people's opinion, but I think it's great. Um, do you guys have that? Do you guys have sort of these uh, like a, weird a guilty pleasure? Things? Yeah. Not a guilty pleasure, but like a weird palate? Yeah, weird, that you weird like palate. Not a lot you like, like and most people don't. That's a good point. I mean, I pretty much eat anything. Like, I'm not really picky with food. There's things, a few things that I don't eat, but like... I have like midnight snacks that are weird. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. So like I'll <clears throat> I'll do like eggs, uh, a cream cheese in a burrito with eggs, um, uh, and mustard and avocados. Like that's like okay. a midnight. That's like a min- and it's just a bunch of flavors that shouldn't mix, but somehow it tastes good when you're stoned. It does sound bizarre. I, I yeah. so we're the cream cheese to- part throws people off. Uh, well, yeah, cream cheese, I realize it's not everyone's cup of tea. It is It is a different sort of textural feel. Um, that and the avocado, I got to admit, it's a lot of richness all at once. Um, we had we had so many Super Bowl leftovers. This morning, Terry, uh, my wife and I had hot dog omelet bagels before we went to work. Hot <laughs> for breakfast. I, yeah, it's in her Instagram story. If you check her Instagram oh, story, you'll actually see them. Um it's pretty good. It was super heavy, and I felt like taking a nap immediately after waking up, which is a strange way to start your morning. Um, <laughs> Eagle, do you have any of these sort of weird taste combinations or weird 
things that you like that uh, very few other people um, do? Maybe I, I, th- I definitely have a friend. I'll get to that one later. But I think more on my side, I just remember as a kid wanting to drink the orange crush and the cream sodas. But the only way to get them was you had to buy the 24-pack, which came with the grape ones. And over time – And it's not a twist. Oh, I love grape. I love so grape. I, I hated the grape ones, but it was like the necessary sacrifice to get the cream soda ones, which that was the only way to get them. And then after time, it like Stockholm syndrome itself into me starting to like the grape soda instead. So that kind of <laughs> happened. Um, I, I Stockholm syndrome myself into pickles. Yeah, I, I, I love pickles grapes. too, but I hear yeah. you. I used to hate them. I love them now. When I when I when I lived alone, I would have these nights where I just I I was single, but I didn't feel like going out. I didn't feel like like going uh, with any friends and feel like going to meet anybody. I, I said, you know what? I just want to stay home and play video games. So, you know, get a little under the influence, get a, get a, a case of case, case of 24 beers and a big jar of pickles from, from Costco. And that was my night. Slam some pickles, slam some beers, play some video games, fall asleep in like a sweaty, salty mess at three o'clock in the morning on the couch. Wait, you awesome. guys are you guys are Italian brio. I love brio, but no, I love, love brio like too. No, we yeah, like bitters. So I mean, the, I wouldn't call that a weird taste. Yeah. It's yeah. just if you like bitters, you like it. My wife, my wife can't stand yeah. any of that though. My wife can't stand bitter. You know the the Italian soft drink bitter uh, yeah, or brio. Too. She yeah. can't she can't drink that. I love those things. Yeah, me too. I'm also I'm also a fan of chicken gizzards. Oh yeah, it's so the uh, like the liver, the heart, the kidneys, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Three parts. Right? No, try gizzard, something different. The gizzard specifically. The the, the, the the gives you specifically a muscle in the throat that crushes the rocks that they that they pick up off the ground as they're eating, um, and it is delicious with eggs or rice. But um, everyone, I, everyone I, that sees me eat it thinks I'm the yeah. The I used to get some weird looks at Easter girl- too because I would literally scrape the cheeks off of the lamb, like the head, which is oh, the delicious, delicious part. Delicious. Like the tongue and everything, people are like, "You're fucking weird," and I was like, "No, man, like don't 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 knock <laughs> uh... it until you try it. It's so fucking good." My girlfriend eats this thing. It's like it's like uh, it's like uh, macaroni, but with yogurt. That's a weird way to describe your dick. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, and she loves. Or is it milk? Or like it's something. Uh, I don't know. I just don't. But she loves it. Rice pudding is something I never really got into. The oh, taste is good. The texture is the worst. Same. So Same. I mentioned I mentioned my I, friend earlier. What he used to do as a snack coming home from school is he'd take like the Kraft Singles Prof of Cheese slices, take off like two or three of them, put them on a plate, microwave it for about 30 to 45 seconds. But remember, they don't really melt, right? Because it's like plastic cheese. No. So all it did is stick yeah. itself to the plate nice and hot. And then he would scrape it off with his hand and like lick it off his fingers and chuggle, chug that down with a nice <laughs> bottle of Coke. And you do this every day after school, and I'm like, that's weird, man. I'm sorry. That's just fucking uh, weird. How, how, is he, uh, how is he dealing with his diabetes? Uh, not so good. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, he has to go see a psychiatrist <laughs> once a week just to deal with his mental issues. But uh, other than that, he's okay. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's all good stuff. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We have a great interview coming today with Montreal Alouette, Chris Aki. Uh, he's an affable dude. Uh, he's really fun to talk to. We'll talk to him about some things that we saw in Super Bowl. He'll talk about it in a much smarter way than we're about to, but in the meantime, you don't get smart. You get me and Terry talking about the news. Ah, Terry, it's the news. How's it going, buddy? Going well, doing has well. Your, has your butthole recovered from the Super Bowl? So the thing is, I uh, I stayed at home for the Super Bowl. I didn't do anything. 
I had too much work to do, so <clears throat> I just stayed at home. We ate like I made like steaks and sweet potatoes. Like it was nice. We're gonna get That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Uh, we ate far too much. Um, I was rooting um, my, hard for the Bengals, though. Hard for the Bengals. I, I was too. Look, I don't know if you saw it all over Instagram on the Hot Sauce uh, Sports Instagram. Follow us at Hot Sauce Sports. Um, I was wearing orange. I had my my uh, my orange Jordans on. I had orange tie on. Um, I I was eating. You wore uh, a tie. You Bengals. wore a tie on Super Bowl Sunday. Hey man, gotta do it. Gotta do it. In the evening, I gotta wear a collar. It's a, I'm being casual tonight, but otherwise, you know, if it was oh, a dinner, should, I'd have to have a collar on. You should definitely tell Chris that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so so we, uh, you know, I I didn't want to. I wanted to uh, pull for the Rams. So I, but I I, uh, I lost the game last week with you, Terry, and so I had to support the Bengals. But we did it in solidarity. We did it in solidarity, and the undercashed. So. Um, that was okay. The undercashing was all right. I had 21 units on my um, daily fantasy account. What I do with Super Bowl is whatever I have left or whatever I have won, I wager it all during the Super Bowl and then I cash out at the end of the season, right? There you go. So That's I'm, perfect. Yeah. I'm hoping for a small payout. I entered 21 units and I returned 21 units. It was a net gain and net loss of zero. It was. So anticlimactic. I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of not, I'm, I'm not, not happy. But like, I made a bunch of bets with, uh, with Hot Streak because I still use yeah. it. Still a good product. Um, and I did, I did this. I did Joe Burrow under 276 and a half. Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford over two eighty one and a half. Joe Mixon over sixty five and a half. Cooper Cup under one hundred six and a half. Jamar Chase over seventy eight and a half. And Odell Beckham over sixty and a half. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <clears throat> I won. So I won. I won the whole thing. Yeah. No, but listen, I won the whole thing, and then when I went to go check my balance, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I should have two hundred dollars over, yeah. and it said I canceled it. Oh. So I messaged Jenny, and he's like, "Yeah, it says the user canceled it." I'm like, "Why would I? I've never canceled a bet in my life. Why would I cancel yeah. this one?" I wouldn't even. And that the worst part is, is that I even made the same bets, but like separately, you know, to hedge. I won all of them. Like, why would I cancel this one? I, I think there's only two possible uh, people that could have hacked your uh, account. One is Vladimir Putin. Yeah. The other one is Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans. Uh, Fuck. You know what? If anybody has a grudge with me, it's Dave, definitely Dave, my boy, Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans, yeah. yeah. Definitely we, my boy. We butchered, we butchered his name, but like that's his name now. It's Davis Bertans. Yeah, what, other, what else would his name be? Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans. Yeah. But is that, where's he from? Is he American? Like, what's no, his thing? He's European. He's European. European. There's like 76 countries in Europe. I know, my guy. I'm starting to search. Five times, <laughs> God damn it. Well, this is Eagle's job while he's fucking playing Pokemon. Fuck the problem sake. is, it interferes with Pokemon, you see. Yeah. He's Latvian. He's Latvian. Bertans doesn't sound like a Latvian. I mean, you know what? He's not Latvian. They should be embarrassed to have him representing their country. He's, like, he's, the guy went zero across the board. Yeah, he Who is does Latvian, that? yeah. He was born in Valmeria. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for being super late. Um, I also probably so, mispronounced his uh, name, but that's fine. Yeah. It's okay. We, we've, we've been mispronouncing his name for over a year, and I've kind of known it, but I was like, you know what? I like the name Davis Bertans better because he sounds like just like a dude from like, you know, it's probably inner city Oakland or something. Just a weird ass name. Yeah. You know, but uh, he sounds like he has his, his parents are from Latvia. Yeah, population <laughs> twenty five thousand in his little town. So, 
Well, now I we was know. Gonna say Latvia only has twenty five thousand people, and they have like national teams and stuff. Man, <laughs> athletes per capita. Look at that. So, um, the last week was a hard week because on top of the Super Bowl, because it was a week later, it coincided with the NBA trade deadline. So, the amount of work we had to do last week was kind of intense, just to stay on top of everything. And then once the Super Bowl was over, my first reaction was like, I finally get my life back. Football's done. But I instantly missed it this year. It was a fun season, man. I, I had a good time. I really had a good time. It was, I didn't realize how much I missed fans in the stadium uh, the year before. I didn't realize uh, how much fun I was having through the season. You know, it being Brady's last season and, and you know, seeing uh, Joe Burrow's rise and, and you know, that that Josh Allen Mahomes game and the Super Bowl itself was a great game. It was, it was truly, truly top to bottom an enjoyable season, and I absolutely already miss it. And it just happened. It's just it, been a couple yeah. of days. I mean, I, I'm always like relieved when the season's over, but then if when we have like a good Super Bowl, like we had, and it kind of it's like, it's like, man, when's the season gonna start again? We have to wait a full seven months for this. Like, this is gonna be crazy. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that the rejuvenation of the NFL is in the hands of, of Joe Burrow. And I think that's what people are, are want more of. They want more more, more of Joey B. Well, what's, what I find interesting is because of the way the contracts are right now in the NFL, court, like first-round quarterbacks have like four years to sort of prove themselves. And they'll probably get another chance, but like it's four years to be like, can you lead a team? And so it gives teams these like short windows to go to 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 go for it. And like LA is the great example of like they went for it with Goff, it didn't work. They went, they're like, look, we're still going, we still have all these other pieces. Let's see what we can do. They go out, they get Matt Stafford, and Terry, he makes this ridiculous throw. Uh Eagle, bring it up. Um this is the play that won them the game, essentially. There's no audio, but um if you I remember see it, I remember watching the game, and and I'm like, "Fuck, man, he's too good." And my girlfriend's like, "Who's the quarterback?" I'm like, "No, the receiver." Because if you look at if you look at Cup, he he breaks that route in like the perfect level, yeah. and then for him to catch it in stride like that, not expecting it, you know what I mean? Well, actually, well, he yeah. said after that he was expecting it, but like, it doesn't look like it's coming to him right at some point. So as a receiver, when you're running that way and your quarterback's looking behind you, you're like, "What do I do?" Like, I should, always should anticipate the no looker. But like in a game like that, for Matthew Stafford to pull that off, I also like how he fakes the mic to bite on the hook, right? Like right here, essentially, and that creates that hole that he needs just to try and get there in time. It's just so perfect. He held him there for a couple seconds. And that's the thing is like because the ball has to go exactly where the linebacker's standing, right? Like that's that's the primary read, and most guys would check it down. But like again, the thing is Stafford being a disruptor for so long. I don't think he's like necessarily the elite of the elite, but he's definitely better than a lot of people have given him credit for. And that's the kind of sort of IQ and intelligence above sort of just the physical talent that um, it's awesome to see him in an actual confident organization. Um, and on the other side of that, and we'll talk a little bit about this, I'm sure, with Chris Aki, him being a defensive player. But um, I know Eli Apple's name is Apple, and that's what it, that's what it says on the back of his jersey. It probably should say toast as a food option because dude got burned all game. Yeah, McCall <laughs> Hardman. A tweet out from McCall Hardman, who, by the way, is not that great, but he even he got on fun, uh, <laughs> making fun of uh, Eli Apple. I love it. 
Eagle, can you read the tweet? It's too small for me on my screen. Uh, hey, at Eli Apple, it's cool, big bro. You might get one of these one day with like uh, big eyes, but in the meantime, just go get better at your craft piece. And that, that's just a supportive message. I mean, that's. Yeah, he's, he's trying. Like, Nicole to... Hartman is a class act guy for that message. Yeah, he, he, he told him, listen, you know, um, you're trying really hard. It's not enough because uh, you don't have a ring. Yeah. I have one. I know what it's yep. like. So if you want one, you know, just spend some more time. Get some work in, you know? I mean, humble brag, but also yeah. I think it was just more positive and supportive and, and you know, than anything. I mean, I think McCole Hartman should be nominated for Walter Payton of the Year next year just yeah. for that tweet alone. Men lifting up other men. Yeah, exactly. You know? Can't um, go wrong. And, uh, Michael Thomas uh, tweeted something to the effect of uh, Eli Apple going to Eli Apple. <laughs> and, and, like, here's <laughs> the thing. He covered he – covered Cooper Cup 88% of the time. Um, and Cooper Cup had 12 targets and 12 catches. And like they ended up having to do this. I, I have a feeling if, if Odell Beckham doesn't go down, the Bengals weirdly don't have a plan for what they can do for two receivers, which seems strange, but I thought the game was over in the first quarter. And then, you know, Odell goes down, touches ACL. Awful, by the way. Um, but just, you know, the, the offense had the life sucked out of it until that very last drive. That's the, the, the next touchdown they score after um, after getting off to this hot start in the game. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. really strange how that all worked out. So when the Bengals took the lead, so I had everywhere Bengals. I had Bengals. I uh, both did, Terry, because I lost yeah. that game. <laughs> I, I had Bengals plus 10.5 all the way to plus 1.5. All the way. Okay. I had a unit on every single one. I also had the, I had the under. I also had my prediction was seventeen fifteen. Also, kudos to Matt McKenzie, blogger, yeah. predicted the score twenty three twenty. Good the for him. Text I got this week on behalf of Matt McKenzie. I'm That's like, amazing. Yo, who's your bro? Why isn't he not in your football coverage? I'm like, it's not even his main thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he know. He's not even a big football guy. No, he, he like he likes it. He's a passive fan, but you know. Yeah. Um, but over, so as I'm watching the game, I see this. I see it happening. The Bengals are they're doing it. You know, they're playing well, and then it kind of slowed down for them. Like I, I think the halftime ruined them, right? And uh, and so they come back. They come back out, and you know they're not moving as much. And then Cooper Cup just starts get starts getting warm. It starts getting warm, and then you realize that like they're just not good enough. If they had just maybe one or two more pieces, that game would have been completely different. But honestly, it's what was sad to see at the end of it was Joey Bur Joy Burrow leaving the arena in that in his suit did you see that suit that yeah. he was wearing yeah. it was like shiny Both silver i was choice. like i'm like you gotta bring two sets of clothes yeah. you gotta yeah, like yeah, yeah. i mean but the winner mentality in him is telling him no i'm bringing my winning suit fuck the losing suit but you know what so then then res let's let's respect that i think you know what from now on show respect to the guy who brings just the winning suit because yeah that means he's got faith and there's there's been like people on the internet hounding joe burrow for partying what do you want him to do you know what I mean? Like the game's over. He's literally on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> From that point literally, on, literally, he can't go back in time. You know he what has I mean? two like, months until he doesn't have to do anything anymore, yeah. right? So, uh, well, for while he doesn't have to do anything, and like when um, when the Maple Leafs got eliminated by by the by the Montreal Canadiens last year, when they got eliminated from them last year. <laughs> Uh, the next day, Mitch Marner was playing golf and people were ripping on him. Like, first of all, that's what the hockey players do. They just play golf. Like, you probably played golf yeah. the day before also. So, like, you can't criticize <laughs> the guy for just wanting to, like, disconnect and not think about the fucking suicidal thoughts he has because his team was up 3 nothing against the worst team in the NHL and they ended up losing. You know what I mean? So, Like, it's so weird because 
the second you and I don't have work to do, what's the first thing we do? We go play golf. Most of the people <laughs> complaining about Marner the second their vacation starts, that's what they're doing. Why would yeah. it be different? Piece it's of shit. <laughs> it's like the biggest double standard I've ever seen in my life, man. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, you play golf like one day after. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, wallow in his own pity? Do you want him to go and try and play for the Montreal Canadiens? Like, what do you want the kid to do? He's a 25-year-old kid that plays golf. He's a hockey player. He doesn't have to play hockey for another six yeah. months. Like, what do you want the kid to do? Like, what? what? Tell me what, and I'll, he'll do it. Tell me. <laughs> The um, how old did the halftime show have you feeling? Uh, not at all. But I love the memes though. But it didn't make me feel old at all because I always feel like it, the one thing it did it made me fe- it made me feel um, uh, included because yeah, but, but that's our generation is never included in this. It's always way too old know. or way too young. You're looking at it the wrong way. It's that we've aged into the Super Bowl into the old. Yeah. So like we, I remember like like Paul McCartney played the Super Bowl in here, and I was yeah. like. Like, I love Paul McCartney. He's yeah. great. He's a great songwriter. But, like, how is this attracting younger people? And then I realized, oh, it's because they're selling trucks that young people can't afford during the Super Bowl. And, like, you know, in a Super Bowl that featured sort of seven electric, seven different electric cars having their commercials on them. Like, yeah. oh, that's why. It's because 22-year-olds don't have money. Our generation is the generation that now We're the guys. Money. We're, we're, the, we're, we're the, the target people. market. We've become the target market. Finally, we say, made Remember it. the year when Rune 5 was performing and we're like, oh, they're targeting middle-aged white women. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are now the middle-aged white women. And, 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 and bi-curious and bi- middle-aged men. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. If I was bi-curious, Adam Levine would be on the top of that list with all those tattoos. <laughs> yeah, he would be. He would be. <laughs> Um, so, who do you think had a worse view of the halftime show? Was it people on the backside of the houses that were set up, or Kanye in his mask? Uh, so, so th- this is my this is my issue with the whole Kanye thing, and it's definitely Kanye. <laughs> the, my issue with the whole Kanye thing is he was with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, like he bought a booth for two million dollars, and he said he's doing it for the community, right? Which community did he invite? He invited like one little kid and then Kanye West was there. Don't act like you – know, Antonio Brown is the biggest tool I've ever seen in my life just for that. Just for that. Don't act like you're doing shit for the community because you invited one kid. No, no, no. But it wasn't, then, it wasn't to have then, them in the booth, Terry. It was so that people could give him their shoes and he could sign them until security said, no, you know, you can't do that. In which case then they're against the community. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that. See, another thing. Tool. So, this guy's a fucking loser, those, man. But those two guys, those two guys, Kanye and Antonio Brown, the, anyone sitting around them got privy to the most confusing conversation because they're the two guys who, the, like, when they start talking, by the time they're done, they've completely forgotten the, the thing that they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, but at least Antonio place. Brown has an excuse like, with a concussion. What's Kanye's excuse? There's, well, there's a Kanye. documentary. There's a documentary on Kanye right now on Netflix, and I want to watch it because I'm like, the, the, it's the documentary is how he started, and I was a huge yeah. Kanye fan when he first started, like through the wire, graduate graduation to this day is my favorite album, like yeah, favorite, favorite, hundred percent favorite. There's no like it's it's Kanye, no. it's it's graduation, Alexis on fire, crisis. Like those are the two my two favorite albums of all time. I'll never say anything different, and um and I want to watch this documentary, but he gives me such anxiety that I'm not yeah. gonna watch it. You know I, what I mean? I, you think gives Kanye anxiety. gives you anxiety, I, Terry? Think about what Pete Davidson does to Kanye himself. All the anxiety. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> I rode with Kanye. I rode with Kanye all the way to Life of Pablo. I was like one of the few people yeah. who actually liked that album. But um, the thing is, is like he's a good example of like 
Like with R. Kelly, I can't separate the art from the artist. I will never listen to an R. Kelly song again. I'm good. It's fine. I don't need to listen to R. Kelly. Uh, but like with Kanye, it's like, yeah, I'm better off knowing less about him and just enjoying the music that I like. And I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy with that. I'll watch the 30 for 30 when he's done um, and be sad about it at that time, you know? Um, yeah, I that's guess that's. I guess that's what's gonna. It's gonna have to be right now because I don't know if I can put myself through like a docu series of Kanye West that he produced. Like I don't know if I can do that. That's I don't know if I'll be able to. Like even Antonio Brown standing in front of the Netflix logo. Like Antonio Brown, he's gonna have a documentary about him. Like I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that because it's not gonna be true. It's not gonna be honest. It's not gonna be we transparent. Talked about that. We talked about that with with even the Michael Jordan thing. Like it's it's cool to get access. Access is important, but the problem is is that. When they have final say, you're not gonna get. You're only gonna get their version of the the story, right? Like yeah, that's, exactly. And that's important to get too. But it's also nice to have sort of the outside perspective. You know, like exactly. we, we've we've talked about this at nauseum, of course. Uh, we'll get in, into instead uh, the last bit of remnants from the trade deadline. Terry, you haven't seen this video yet. We talked about it in the pre-show. Um, James Harden was about to be selected uh, for the All Star game. So let's take a look on how that shook out. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need some size for yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm gonna need some size and um, <laughs> you know, some defense and in in, interior. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. with Giannis and LeBron James Without playing question. such great basketball this year. I need somebody to offset that. So I I'm agree. gonna go with uh, Rudy Gobert. I agree. I agree. That, that, I agree. Out, that worked out nicely. Nice. That worked out nicely. I mean, you can't let people Good run job, through the lane baby. and dunk on it. That's somebody defending back there. Hey, that's chestnut checkers. Mm. Hey, that's a. Hey, hey, when somebody won't out, chestnut let them go. Checkers. Don't let them come back. I'm with you, KD. Yeah, that's why I cut my hair off. <laughs> I was like, I'm gone. <laughs> so, uh, James Harden goes to uh, LeBron, James. LeBron James as the final selection uh, of the All Star draft. Why is he even in the All Star game? Is he? Why is the basketball? Why is the NBA All Star game the worst selected event oh, in the history of sports? Why? The, well, because the only thing that matters about the NBA All Star game is selling shoes. So it's crazy, huh? That's what it is. And the best, the best part of of the All Star game is the selection show, right? Like. Yeah, I guess if you think it's about fun, it that way, right? yeah, like, for sure. Because so, the game itself is awful. The game is unwatchable. The yeah. slam dunk contest is a bunch of guys you never heard of. The the three-point contest is actually the best event there is now. Um, but other than that, it's not a great weekend. Other than new shoes get released, and I get excited. Uh, but the other thing is, I kind of like this because Kevin Durant doesn't really get the reputation of being likable in any way. But that sort of... He was like Jason Bateman, like the complete straight man, you know, like... There's chaos, everyone's laughing, and he's pretending like this is super serious. You know, like, no, no, I need size, I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert also should never be a defensive player of the year ever, should never be on an All-Star game, because they literally have to take him out in close game situations because he can't guard anything outside the on, on the perimeter. So they literally bet, have to take him out because he's liability. I bet if they actually do, like, a proper selection of the Pro Bowl with criteria and whatever, I'm oh, sorry, the NBA All-Star game, with criteria and all that stuff, that, like, 80% of those guys are on the team. Well, but like you say that, but Mac Jones just played in an All Star game, and he was very. But he was like he was like the third replacement because he had to replace. Saying, yeah. It's the same thing, though, right? Like so, like okay, Dave, and James Harden. No, it's not. These guys got selected. Yeah. Mac Jones wasn't selected. He was he was uh, filled in. He filled in. These guys Fine. got selected. James Harden got selected. The guys played what this year? He hasn't done anything. He's been okay when he's played. He's been okay. 
like except, he has he's not he hasn't had when he was out. Like, he doesn't have all-star he... he doesn't have all-star stats no. like that's what we're talking about here. so have we really gotten to a yeah. point where the nhl all-star game is the best of the three between the nba the pro bowl and yeah, well yeah no, baseball's the best baseball's the best well baseball is the best now that they no longer decides where the world series is being played correct well, yeah, well, I mean, that was a stupid part of it. That was a stupid part of it for yeah. sure. But, the but it, because the thing – but I didn't mind it too much because the idea of baseball is that it's two leagues, right? So it's not necessarily one league. It's just there's a world championship. So just, I can – I understand that portion. It's like the league is playing against the other league. Like these are our best from this league versus this league. So we want something in return. So I can understand but it, but like it was just anymore. dumb. There's so, much in, there's, so much in, there's so much interplay between the leagues. Like yeah. it's be, they're basically conferences at this point, especially now that there's no for more sure. DH. For sure, so, but the, sorry, but the I, idea behind it, no the way it was built, meeting. was that yeah, 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 no, for sure. Um, the the uh, the one thing James Harden, by the way, sneakily scoring twenty two and a half points a game, though I will say it's better because than he's, he's playing. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, that's I would if I would have guessed, I would have said twenty three points a game for real. Because I, I thought he was lower because he had such a bad start to the season. He did, but he also had a few like really good games. So like I knew the numbers are going to bounce off for him because he's that good of a scorer. But at the end of the day, he's that's not all star numbers, man. All star numbers is twenty five and up, twenty six and up for for a guy like for his style of play, right? Also, um, we talked more about the trade from the Ben Simmons side last week because I I felt as though that's where a lot of the confusion was, like why was it that much going for Ben Simmons? But like now we see Harden not going to the All Star game. He has sort of a hamstring issue, but I think a lot of it is trying to get up to speed with like the the Philadelphia's system. Um, yeah. There's so on the pick and rolls, for example, he's a guy who drops where Embiid is a switch guy. So like that's a huge difference in the NBA. Uh, there's also the fact that both those guys like to play with the ball in their hand. So I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's better, obviously, than they would have had with nobody else there. But uh, James Harden goes to uh, goes to a system I think that doesn't exactly fit. But this apparently Terry was. Where he wanted to go before he was traded to Brooklyn. Where's he from? Um, that I'm not sure. You can look that up. But he uh, he saw, he sort of envisioned himself being a good good fit with uh, with Embiid. So we'll see how that pans out. And at the end, apparently, uh, the team went to Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant okayed the trade. And that's the only way it would, it would happen. Um, and that's that's where we're at now in the NBA. LeBron built himself a terrible team and is trapped for two years. Um, and <laughs> Did you see what happened to AD? Oh, man, poor guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it was rough. He's a heavy, heavy dude, man, to fall on his foot like that. Oh. Yeah. The, the, if you ever have the chance to see, like, pro basketball players and what their feet look like at the end of their career, it's gross. I mean, it's, you there's the there's the famous there's the famous image of like uh, Kobe and Shaq after a game, and they're sitting next to each other in the locker room, and they have ice on their elbows, their uh, shoulders, their knees, and their ankles. Yeah, it, it's such a bad sport for your joints. It's uh, it's, it's crazy. Rough. That's why the, that's why if you look at what's his name the He's on TNT. Kenny Smith? Yeah. His 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 knees are completely buckled now, and he can't walk. Like, obviously, he's just he, – but his knees are, like I, – yeah. I can't describe, like, how it is. His Literally, his foot is, like, two inches outside his leg, and then it comes into his knee, and then it goes up his body. It's yeah, really it, weird. His, his ankles, like, literally can't support his body weight. Yeah, so – He's, it, he's so not it, that heavy a dude. Yeah, it creates stress on his knees. It happens with tall guys, right? So if they don't fix that – as they're getting as they're getting older, maybe like put on a couple toe spreaders like I did. There we uh, go. You know? that's the way to do it. That's uh, the way to do but yeah, so these guys, man, that's why they all can't walk when they're older because they're just too big and the, the impact on the knees and the joints is, is too much to handle. So 
I, I look, I'm I'm a fan of player empowerment in the first place, especially when it comes to free agency. Uh, the 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 one thing I will say is I don't think this is the end spot for it. I think right now um, players are doing they they want to play with their friends, which is fine. It's not necessarily the best way to build a team. So I think the next step I think the next step is really finding ways that all the people involved work together to build a team. Because like either way, like you're not going to add a player that LeBron doesn't want to play with, right? Or you're not going to add a player that KD doesn't want to play with. But I also think that there should be like checks and balances to make sure you're not signing Russell Westbrook to a team for which he's a terrible fit. That's the thing is like people, you know? it's like you, you want to bring in all these people because, you know, they have like a, they're good and individually and they're your friends and you get along with them off the court and, you know, all this stuff, but it never translates well. The two people that hated each other the most had the most success in LA and it was Shaq and Kobe. You know what I mean? Like that, you but that, that blew up eventually, right? Like, yes, I yeah. understand the self life with that too. And you want people to to be in good situations, but I just I think there's there's I feel I just think we're not there yet on like truly figuring out what the best phase of player empowerment is. I think I think it's important for them to have a say, but I, like you, I just think that playing basketball and building a team, there, there's more to just playing the game and to understanding how to best build a team. You know what I mean? I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in if you played the game, you understand it better than most. I, I, yeah. I really don't believe in that. I think that, I mean, the the, the example I'll use all the time is that Gretzky was the worst coach and, and arguably one of the best players in the well, history. Max Johnson was an atrocious general manager. And an there you go, player. yeah. So it's not for everybody. I mean, some guys, like we'll talk about it uh, later, but Mar Martin St. Louis being hired as the Habs, the reason why it's a good signing is because, is because he's a different name and we nobody really spoke about him. And he's a good signing because he's outside the box, but we don't know if he's going to be a good coach or not, right? Yeah, we don't know that yet. So it's, the time will tell, as always. But it doesn't really usually like name me the best player and best coach in the history of sports. Like if they were like a top level coach and a top level player, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. Yeah, but Phil Jackson was he a Hall of Fame player? Borderline, I, I, borderline. He was, he was I'm saying, good. give me a Hall of Fame. Like it he happens was, more you know, often in baseball. Starting, he 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 was on the next last championship team, right? So yeah, uh, baseball, but, but baseball only hires Hall of Fame coaches, especially exactly, yeah, so. Like that's that's a whole other thing. That they, and, like, and they don't go to ZipRecruiter; they're going straight to the Hall of Fame. And they're like, ah, who's available? Let me take that guy. Coaches barely do anything now in baseball. It's all the general managers make the lineups. But you they, say that though. But every team that was in the playoffs last year had like a very old school uh, manager. Like yeah, but, they're still they're still that. They're not. They're, they're literally. <laughs> That's a good point. The only the only thing they were doing was was doing the double switch in the National League. And now there's there's a DH in the National League. So they're literally going to yes. do that. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing to do. You just show up and hang out with your boys. Which and, is and, and and there's like pitch counts right on pitchers now. So yeah. it's like. Oh, and that's it. It's all it's all the side of analytics before the game starts. So you know what? the game's over before it started. Exactly, exactly. Um, let's get to our interview. We're going to talk to Chris Aki. Uh, you guys spoke to him once on Weekly Sauce. He's joining us for the first time on Not Sauce Work. I'm really excited. He's a really interesting dude. We'll talk to him about football clothes and the works. And we're back. Joining us is Chris Aki of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Chris, how's it going, bud? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. good. We're good. Happy to have you on, man. You came on Weekly Sauce. I don't even remember when it was. I think it was like around October, November. Came on Weekly Sauce. That was a good time. Actually, no, it was way before that. I think it probably like a year ago. Almost a year. Yeah, it was when I was at my other place. Yeah, so it was over a year ago. Yeah. And we had we had a good time. You I mean some questionable choices on Putin cho uh, spots, but oh, whatever. Oh, no, I still, listen, listen, I still stand by the same spots. 
Bankies. Um, where else did I say? Uh, Harvey's. Harvey's. <laughs> Harvey's a solid poutine. <laughs> but Harvey's uh, for a fast food <laughs> joint, it is a solid poutine. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I also think you're can... getting poutine at McDonald's. So Harvey's is definitely winning on that one. Definitely. I also think you can't go wrong with Belle Provence. I know it's just like the greasy spoon, like trash ass poutine, but you know what? When you're drunk as shit, two o'clock in the morning, it's, uh, it hits a spot. It hits a spot. Yeah, I guess I went. This is so many chains. I like um, La Bella La Bouffe actually has a, a decent poutine as well. Yeah, La Bella La Bouffe is good. I mean, I I did that like the heart attack uh, burger that they have there, where you have, if you oh, eat it, you take a picture <laughs> and whatever. Chris, I finished yeah. that fucking burger, man. I finished the fucking thing, and the girl told me I didn't. There was like there was like a piece of mushroom left off the burger. I'm like, I finished it. She's like, No, you didn't. I'm like, Give me the T-shirt and the Pepto Bismol. I want my picture on the wall. <laughs> like they gave me the little Pepto Bismol. I didn't even take it, but yeah, they screwed it's me actually, out of a T-shirt. It's actually, right. I think, my third picture on my Instagram account, Terry, is you getting that burger. <laughs> there you go, proof. So it's, it's proof Wait, that, that so you got it. So what happened then? So what happened? I just complained is, and is then like whatever. A, is, there a, is there a time limit? No, there's no time limit. It's just because it's just a burger, but it's huge. It's like it's like it's like this big, and it has like a dough, like like pancake pancake dough. I think it is. It's in there. It's really weird. It has it's a bunch of stuff. It's delicious. But I, I man, I was, I me and the toilet bowl became very good friends for the, last, the next the couple days after that. That's for sure. I figured. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. So what have you been what have you been up to? Training, working hard. Yeah, yeah I'm just back in Toronto. Just. Training. Um, I saw my uh, youth football camp, so I was planning that up. Get the next session out. Just uh, networking. I was jumping on calls with a, with a bunch of people, like all over the place, just kind of for stuff like life after football type of stuff. It's always like I always spend the off season just networking. Um, I actually bought a property in Montreal. Nice. So yeah, so that's downtown Montreal. I'll be ready pre construction, so it'll be ready in a couple of years. You bought a condo. Yeah, yeah I bought a condo downtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, awesome. there's so many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I, I like the I like the Montreal market because in Ontario here is going crazy already. Um, I already have a property out here and it's been it's been going crazy. Um, what Vancouver, another spot that's like wild in pricing. So I figured like Montreal is probably next to go up. So might as well get into the market. Oh, it's already up there. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's already getting up there. Yeah. So maybe in a few years, it eventually be like say Toronto and Vancouver pricing. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's shocking to hear, but I mean, in a sense, it is an island. The island itself isn't getting bigger, so the values at some point will rise, of course. Um, Chris, I'd be remiss having a professional football player on here without asking some pressing questions I've had on my mind uh, since the Super Bowl. We've seen a lot of coverage about mm-hmm. the last play where Samaje P. Ryan doesn't quote-unquote make an effort for a ball. I see a guy running the opposite direction and a ball dying on him. Um, I don't think it's physically possible for him to make a play on that, but you know the game better than I do. You're actually out in the field. So uh, what did you see when you saw that, that final play? See, I didn't know they get, they're giving him heat for that one. Because all I saw was a bunch of um, Eli Apple hate the entire uh, entire fun. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been getting – I've been saying for a while, Eli Apple, like, you can't cover. So he really got exposed <laughs> after he's talking a lot of shit too. So honestly, it's kind of funny to see. Um, but no, nah, I'll say with that pass, like that was it was tough to get to. Like I don't think he would have got it regardless. So I don't think he should take the heat. If anything, that um that guard who tried to block Aaron Donald should take some heat because he was non existent. It just kind of opened up the gate there. 
That's the, that's the thing, like... too. It's like there's so many di- moving parts on that Rams defense that was like, on the, sorry, on the Rams, the whole team, there were so many moving parts that were just having success the entire game. The fact that the Bengals stayed in so close and then to have it on that kind of like last play of the game style, you know, uh, it was it was tough, man. But Eli Apple, so, you, so you're on the side that he's not as good as he advertises. What? I've been a Eli Apple critic since 2016 when he got drafted. He drafted when, he was, when he was with the, was he with the Giants, I saw him. Was like, yeah, he, he can't play. And then he went to the Saints after. Still can't play. So it's oh, it's crazy that he's just bouncing around. That's when he was first former first round pick. He would bounce around for a while, but I think his he was he's still gonna get another contract. Like, obviously, he's decent. He's decent, but he's not. Well, he's in the he's league. Right? He a, has to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, actually, yeah, I don't know. There's some people in the league that probably aren't that good. I, mean, I, have, I, have, a, I have a question about that actually, and, and relates to your with your tryout in the NFL. But before I get there, uh, with regards to Eli Apple. Uh, one of the coolest experiences starting Hot Sauce Sports, Chris, is uh, I actually get to work with my dad, who now writes for us. He's like in his 70s, and he, he's a huge Giants fan. He hated the Eli Apple pick, and he peacocks like the rest of us when like he's like, no, that guy can't play, <laughs> and he sees him getting a lot of He was celebrating. Um, we had Junior Luke, who's also in the CFL, also a high draft pick like yourself. Uh, he had a workout as well with the New York Giants, as you did. And he said that um, – I was a little surprised to hear this because I know Junior, he's a, he's a pretty modest guy. But he was saying, look, the line between me and some of these guys is not what you would think it is. They just have a different pedigree coming from, you know, uh, D1 schools. And, and that wasn't his case. And so it's easier for them to move on from him. With, and what he seemed to, to think was a, a marginal difference. Was that your experience as well with the, with the New York Giants? Yeah, honestly, I can agree with the Junior on that one. Just because you, it's just learning a whole new game. Because in Canada, our rules are different, and our coaching different. I'll give it to the guys in the states. Their coaching yeah. is a lot better than what we get in Canada, especially at a young age. So we, we don't really learn the same skills that they learn. There's so their their knowledge is ahead of us. But like if you go athlete to athlete, I know like I didn't feel out of place at all. I felt like I was one of the better athletes when I was there. So. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely, it's easier to move on from a Canadian because like you didn't play in the States. It's an entire different game. Like if I really compare NFL and CFL, I think the superstars in the NFL are better than the superstars in the CFL. But I think after that, like uh, the middle pack guys, the rest of the guys, it's kind of like, it could also be interchangeable because you know how the CFL is. We get a bunch of guys who've been in the NFL for years. They come here. And they kind of, they either fit right in or they get cut. I had so a friend then we, who, sorry, yeah. go, Chris. And then we have guys in the CFL, like, we'll have guys every year that have moved to the NFL because they're just talented. Guys that should be in that league. So I feel like, yeah, the superstars in the NFL, like the Aaron Donald, like Tom Brady, like the like high, like tier one guys, Jalen Ramsey, those guys, like, yeah, they're a better than CFL guys, superstars. But the middle of the pack, everyone else, I feel like that could be interchangeable. Especially like on the O line side, like there's some big guys that move pretty fast in the in the in the CFL. In the CFL, they have to have a certain amount of non imports, and it's usually at the O line position, at the linebacker position, like that position is where you have a lot of people. So, like a quarterback, I mean, how many Canadian quarterbacks have seen success in the in the CFL? You know what I mean? It's usually it's usually an American guy. But um, I don't think that I think that we're that 
it's just visibility with anything, right? I mean, there's a bunch of soccer players in South America that if they went into into Europe, they would probably dominate, but there's just visibility, you know what I mean? It's just, that's what it's all about. And I had a friend who got drafted by the Buccaneers, and I remember he told me, I forgot the name of the DB, but he was a first-round pick, and and he was, it was me, him, my friend Mo, and and my friend Marco Bruyette, who's, on, who's a friend of the show, and we were talking, and he said, Marco, he's a year... 10 times better than that guy is. And Marco had never had just played DB in, in pro and he was a quarterback his entire life. And he's like, you're yeah. better than that guy was. And he was a first overall pick, first round pick. So just to say, it's like, all it is is visibility. And if you get an opportunity, you take it. And that's what Eli yeah, Apple like, did. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's what Eli Apple did. I was it's cause it's crazy. Even like when you look at the CFL draft, the guys who played in NCAA, they're automatically in the top 20 ranking, but it's a, it doesn't mean they're better than guys in Canada. They just, I got the kind of like, hey, maybe they peaked earlier, had the right opportunity, went to junior college, got noticed, and went to a D1 school. And they come to CFL, so you think, hey, that person just played D1. They're going to come in here and uh, be one of the top Canadians. You draft them first round, first overall, or wherever you draft them. But they really don't pan out that well because they really don't get the experience. Because if you look at it, when they're down in the States, one, they probably didn't play that much. But just for them being there alone, they automatically get just like jump. Hey, you're going to be better than someone that played in Canada. You play new sports. It's really not, not like that. Like look at guys like like one of my good friends, uh, Quake Botang. Um, he's a he dominates in the CFL. Uh, great ratio breaker at DN, and he was drafted in I think the fourth or fifth round. But I played with him at Laurier, and I knew like he was a dog since day one when he stepped foot on that campus. But it's one of those things just because he might. He played in Canada, his measurables might not be the same where you're going to rank guys that played in the States over him. And it's really it's really not like that. You see the guys that really don't pan out. So I feel like just being in the States alone, you kind of just, that they just kind of overlook, that they overlook Canadians that way. So the Owls are going to look a little different than they did last year. And um, I, I'm, two years ago, you guys had that – or three years ago, you guys had that crazy run. And last year wasn't um, – a season didn't pan out. VA didn't – VA had a rough season. But overall, I think it was just – you know, it was just a few bounces didn't go your guys' way. What's going on uh, for next year? Um, like, what's the morale like in the group chat? Like, what are we dealing with? Here? I mean, are we, do we ha- are we going to have a successful Alouette season? I hope so with those things that we didn't make the big splash in free agency like other teams did. So we actually like I know like listen, I don't ask too many questions what they do upstairs because that's like that's above my pay grade. So I let them make decisions like that. But I know they trust um, from when I spoke with anyone, anyone upstairs. I know they trust um, what we have on the on the roster already. Some of the young guys that we have can come in and fill the voids of the guys, some of the guys that we lost. So. Like I said, hey, it's going to be business as usual. We got our guys on offense. We'll, uh, we got our young guys on defense, and we'll just be able to kind of fly around and make plays. Like, we definitely underperformed in uh, 2021 just because if you look on paper, the talent we have, and even look at the rankings, like we had uh, like we had one of the top-ranked scoring offenses, one of the top-ranked defense. We led the league in sacks and interceptions, so we definitely underperformed. So one of the things that we're like, kind of excited just to get back and uh, make a great cup run. Uh, Chris, you're a guy with a reputation uh, for dressing well. Um, Terry is the opposite. <laughs> so how? what recommendations can you give to Terry to stop dressing like a 14-year-old child? Yeah, so Terry dressed like a little bit like a bum. So yeah. really like, <laughs> listen, it doesn't where you want to shop and what kind of like image you want to put out there. I know for me, like I was like, 
wear we to see mine so i was like wearing suits and uh and whatnot so i was like dressing up a little bit especially when we have like flights i was like dressing up for flights um but yeah terry obviously come yeah come hang out with me <laughs> no why so i hang can out. wear so i can Where's wear a long ass gold chain outside of my suit exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the best way to do it i'll do it um, is, what are you wearing now is, <laughs> i mean it's just a t-shirt you know i gotta show the i gotta show the tattoos a bit you know there's a nice little it's a sweaty ball cap here you know, yeah, what you are you gonna that do? On for what three days straight? Come on. No, man. it's just because I wore I, I wore it once and it just stained and it never went away. I even washed it. I washed it twice. You did not watch that. I swear, I've, wa- I've washed this hat twice. I've, I it was a very bad purchase. I even bought three of them. I bought two two red ones and one and one gray one. And the gray one is like it just I sweat in it one day in the sun, and then it just dyed it and now it just stays there like that. And I have like a hundred hats. It shows will, character, yeah, keep it. <laughs> I, will, I will back Chris on this because I used to work in the airline industry, and I will say if you have any hope of upgrading to first class, you better be in a blazer and a shirt. That's the only way you'll ever get upgraded. For, if, you, if you book an economy flight, you want to get upgraded to first class, they ain't going to do it if you weren't joggers. Well, I, I'm gonna happen. have to. I'm gonna have to get talk to Chris because you know I just got, I'm I just got my real estate license, so I'm gonna have to start dressing a little spack, you know, a little. There we go. There we you go. Know, a little, you know, the button downs, all that stuff. I always like asking this question when we talk fashion. How many pairs of shoes do you have? How many pairs of shoes? In general, we're talking about like casual wear, running shoes, dress shoes. Um, Let me think. All together. I probably have more dress shoes than like uh, casual shoes. That's a good start. Okay. Yeah. Um, If I had to guess everything... I'm kind of looking at my stuff over there. <laughs> like, we're like 15. That's pretty good. Yeah. 15. That's we ask because Peace uh, literally right, has an Excel document that dictates what every shoe you should have and the different variations of them. So yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I brought up my spreadsheet while we were talking. Uh, I have 68 pairs of shoes in rotation at the moment. 68. Yeah, I have, I have a problem. I have a problem. <laughs> but Chris, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that he has an Excel sheet that tells him which ones to wear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have, you have like a schedule, like on Monday. Well, because well, well, I'm, I'm colorblind, so I need to know what it goes with and what the color of the shoe actually is, so that I don't make mistakes and, and look like you know I'm all mismatched and stuff. So I know that's, that's pretty. That's pretty logical. I actually respect that. That's logical. There you go. I Practical. That makes sense. It may I actually, absolutely it do not respect that, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm tweeting out. I'm tweeting out my my my, uh, my shoe spreadsheet. I have the confidence to do it now. I got the yeah. confidence yeah. to do it now. So there we go. Um, all thanks to Al's uh, linebacker, Chris Aki. Chris, thank you for joining us this week on Not Sauce for Work. Uh, really appreciate it. Where can the people find you? Find me on Instagram at uh, at chrisaki21, Twitter at uh, chris underscore aki. What's on Facebook? Wherever they want to find me, hit me up. Ask me some questions. Uh, definitely, I would love to talk football, talk life, nutrition, all that stuff. That's awesome, man. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I'll, I'll send you a picture, but I started spreading my toes. Like, I went to see a physio, and he tells me that like my hamstrings are tight because my toes aren't spread. So, like, I'm gonna send you a picture. And I want you to tell me if I, if if there's a dress shoe that can support the the size of <laughs> the width of my toes right now because they're the width pretty, of your toes. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, yeah, I have the same issue. I wear toe spacers just because to spread out my toes. So it's a thing. Okay. So I'm not. I'm not. It, it, I'm not yeah, in the gimmick. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're, they're not uh, frauding us. I, I do the same. Unless they're frauding both of us. I do the same. <laughs> <laughs> when have two people been frauding? Both your girlfriends are finding <laughs> reasons to not do foot shit with you. That's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks I'll, for coming uh, on, Chris. That was fantastic, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, buddy. Have, uh, good luck this season. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Later, man. And we're back. Still, you was to set it up, Eagle, because it's rapid fire. Yes. So we're going to go through five rapid fires for today. I just figured, I don't know, maybe you wanted to do like a shout out to, to Chris for the interview. You know, like, tell me the good guy and that all the his Putin choices are bad and compliment yeah, his fashion and feet. No, no, we're just going to go right into rapid fire. Well, he's not from Montreal, right? So he, he automatically he gets, gets a fact. Like and when he mentioned the Harvey's Putin to me on, on Weekly Sauce last year, he mentioned it as like, because he only had like, he had a, like a certain amount of... Um, Per diem from the from the school, so he wasted it all on Harvey's Poutine because it was right around the corner. So he gets a pass. But Harvey's Poutine is actually a very good one. Yeah, for, for fast, fast food, Poutine is pretty good. For fast yeah. food, Poutine is pretty good. I gotta, I, got, I gotta give him that. All right, we're gonna go through five rapid fires for today. We're gonna start with one which is near and dear to my heart: how to lose a quarterback in ten days. Uh, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and actress uh, Shailene Woodley are uh, ending their engagement after breaking up. Uh, they've haven't really made an official statement, but we've heard stuff about how it's amicable, etc. The rumors are the breakups are related to issues regarding jealousy in that she was spending time with platonic male friends and Rogers was not down for that. And the fact that uh, they had discussed him retiring from the NFL to spend more time together. And there's probably a likelihood of that's not going to happen next season. And maybe a little bit after that. So I thought he would be the person that would be like, I don't like he wouldn't care if she hangs out. Like I feel like he's more of like the uh I, like the Lucy, like do your whatever. You gotta do what you gotta do. Thing. Really? The, the guy who literally told his GM, here are the players I want you to sign is the guy who doesn't have a control issue. Really? Yeah, no. No, no, but I don't I, I think those two things are very isolated. I mean I disagree. He, I go ahead, Terry. Sorry. He's 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 a co he's a he's a player that wants because he doesn't he hasn't had uh, like a, a a supporting cast, so he wants a supporting cast on his relationship side, where he's kind of like the guy who who just does goes with the flow. I feel like he would be that way with a significant other as well. Two, there's two things. One is that um, you're. I'm a guy who got married older, right? Yeah. Um, older than the average, let's say. So yeah. I will say you don't get to uh, be unmarried for that long without having some serious issues you got to work on. I learned it myself. <laughs> uh, the other thing is I learned a lot about him during the whole vaccine thing. While everyone was talking about uh, whether or not he should be vaccinated, that was not the interesting part to me. The interesting part to me was, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you really care what other people think because yeah. that's why you lied about it. Because if you were confident in it, if you truly didn't care, then you would have said, the hell with you. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what's best for me. You didn't do that. You, you carefully worded everything. That's that's the, the type of personality. And so, yeah, as soon as I heard insecurities, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. This is a guy who gets hammered in the press for not winning enough. He's a guy who got hammered in the press for uh, making demands of his team. And I don't know. To me, he seems to be that type for these reasons. He's, uh, yeah, I'm a surp- I was surprised when I saw this as well. Next. On to a more serious topic, Devils in the Outfield. Uh, After earning immunity, pitcher Matt Harvey testified in the trial of Eric Kay and talked about how he received uh, illicit oxycodone from the Angels' then public relations assistant and also spoke about sharing illicit drugs with other players during his tenure. 
Um, it's so. This is because of uh, Matt Skaggs' death. Mm. Um, he died because the oxycodone that he got under the table was laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl and alcohol is an incredibly, incredibly deadly combination. It's the th the thing that killed um, Tom Petty uh, when he was taking uh, under the under the table uh, painkillers to stay on tour. Um, it's hard to know what's in prescription drugs, right? Like. You hear stories about people who take hard drugs, and they'll they have machines that can tell you if there's fentanyl in it. Yeah. But you can't do that with prescription drugs, unfortunately, and um, it costs Matt Skaggs his life. Uh, Matt Harvey basically he was given immunity to, so that the truth can come out, um, and it's just awful. Uh, the the Major League Baseball has an issue on their hands with opioids, and part of the issue is that. Every game you miss is counted against you when you go to arbitration. And for some some players, they never get to their big contract. So those arbitration years are really important. And so they push themselves to get out of the field. So on one hand, you're telling them they can't do these drugs. And then on the other hand, you're, you're forcing to, them to play. Otherwise, it's cost them a fortune. You're forcing, so them to play, you're forcing them to play hurt, so they're forced to take th deadly drugs like fentanyl and oxycodone just to avoid the pain. Uh, I have a family member who was – he never really got addicted to the oxys, but, like, he told me, like, they could be very addictive. He had to have his wife uh, control the amount that he takes. They're, it's a dangerous drug. Like, I would never let anybody in my family close to me ever take them, ever, yeah. ever, ever. It's, it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough. All right, CD's demands. Uh, after f unfollowing his team on social media, Arizona Co Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray has apparently made further demands <laughs> from his team, at this point looking for uh, a, having a trade go on where he wants to bring in CD Lamb into the team, essentially, as part has been reported by Nathan McKinnon. Listen, I, I knew when I watched CD Lamb walk off the field in the playoffs, I knew that if it wasn't his last year, the next year is his last year. With the Cowboys, I knew it. He doesn't seem like a guy who sees who who uh, he wants results today. He's like that type of guy. Like he was upset about that whole game. Could they have won that game for sure and lived on? Does the team good enough to make it? Yeah. So I see understand understand why CD's upset. Um, but yeah, I don't think CD's gonna last in the Cowboys uniform. I think he will leave sooner or later. I, I it's it's it, it it pains me to say that because I'm a I'm a big CD Lamb guy, big CD Lamb guy. I was shocked that when he fell to the to the uh, to the Cowboys in the uh, in the draft. We we were doing a live stream, and I was shocked that you guys were able to get him, Terry. Um, at the same time, all this is is Kyler wants an extension early, right? Of like, of course. That th th there's nothing about like. Okay, I can understand that after Hopkins went down last year and Christian Kirk kind of emerged as number one guy, but he didn't truly have a number one. I think that's more what he's trying to say. I'm curious about. Who do you think le le leaked this eagle? Do you think this is the team saying, look how unreasonable he's being? Or do you think it's him saying, go out, get me talent, get me paid? It's weird because it's going with a narrative of he's not a team player. So this one seems to be leaking from the Arizona camp to try and lower his contract value. That's my hunch in terms of the current negativity behind it. Because if it was stories about him you know, missing a number one and saying we could have won with it, et cetera, and being a more positive spin, I would say yes. But because it seems to yeah. have a negative uh, slight at his character, I think it's more coming from the Arizona camp. Well, listen, I mean, I'm not the type of guy to like, I don't like saying, oh, supposedly, or if it's something bad. 
Uh, Chris Mortensen came out and said that Kyler Murray supposedly is like a spoiled brat and like along those lines. Yeah, but, and, but who's he getting that information from? Exactly, right? it, yeah. It can only come from Kyler Murray or the Cardinals, and Kyler Murray's not going to say of himself, I'm a spoiled brat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it so, could be with just people that have dealt with him. I don't know, but at the end of the day, it doesn't look good, and I was a big Kyler Murray guy, but I don't know. It, if you're starting your career already like rubbing people the wrong way, I don't think it's going to last long. But also, like, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think he's the guy. Um, I was surprised when he got hired in the first place. Um, he definitely does seem to be a guy who manages X's and O's, but not necessarily game situations, not necessarily the locker room. So um, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm actually surprised he made it through the offseason. I thought he might get fired just because, look, you, you chose a quarterback first overall. You went away from the guy who chosen early the previous year, Josh Rosen. Yeah. Uh, so you you did all that, and you're not seeing the results. Um, I'm surprised the leash hasn't been shorter on Cliff, Cliff uh, Kingsbury as well. I agree. All right, next, the good word. Arizona priest Andres Arango performed countless baptisms that apparently don't count because he used the phrase, we baptize you, instead of the words, I baptize you. Oh, my God. So all these people, what do they do? Are they going to hell? Like, what, how does it work? Yeah, they, well, they're if they not died, true if they died in right? there. If they died in between there, don't they go to hell? Like, what's the rules? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're not really Christian. Hey, you know what? Good on him for stepping down because he stands for something. You know what I mean? Um. So here's the thing. He's I, stupid, that, but good on him. If I'm that priest, if I'm that priest, I have a huge issue. Because how dare you? How dare you say the Holy Trinity is three people? But now all of a sudden, I have to baptize by myself? Why can't I also be Jesus? Why can't I be the Holy Spirit? Why, yeah. do, why do I have to baptize alone? Why is yeah. it not a team sport? So you know what you said, Kyler Murray. You said Kyler Murray is is a is a selfish guy. I say the Catholic Church is the selfish guy. Selfish guy, yeah. <laughs> and for our last topic, we've invited a special guest who flaked on us last week. Um, but we're giving him a second chance him? here. Uh, live, we have, from, live from his kitchen. Live from his kitchen, we have Alex, the intern in the flesh, for our last topic here, and we're going to be talking about the Montreal Canadiens. To Foley, he knew the Montreal Canadiens have acquired Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman, and a first and fifth round pick from the Calgary Flames in exchange for Tyler To Foley. Alex, what are your thoughts on the trade? Big dig energy by Ken Hughes. Good trade. I, breaking news. Uh, breaking news. I, breaking news. Ken Hughes has the energy of a massive schlong. I have the opposite opinion. I'm I'm done with this. I'm tired of rebuilds. It's always more prospects. It's always more prospects. Nobody established ever comes here and gets better. The last yeah. time we've seen that was Andre Markov, basically. Andre Markov uh, was drafted. It, it, that's what I mean. Like, so that's the last time we've seen anything truly developed. But we also changed our our head of scouts. We and we always him do. And... But we, we're always we're always firing a coach. No, we never. Trevor Timmons has been there forever. He, it's new. He's been there for over okay, twenty years. Fine. Also, anytime fine. we had a high level prospect, so, we traded them, right? So. Yeah. I mean, because they didn't pan out. But whose fault is that? No, you know, they, no, how did they didn't pan out? We made bad trades. Sergeant. Exactly. Well, that's out. what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. McDonough yeah. panned out. So Alex, tell us. Alex, tell us about Heineman. Well, Heinemann, from from what I've seen, I, I I don't know him honestly. Before the trade, I didn't know him, but after that, I did some I research, and um, he has great speed from 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 the clips I've seen from him, um, and I've, and I, his shot is pretty good. He has a pretty good shot, and uh, who knows what it's, he's going to become? Some people are saying 
second line, other people saying fourth line, other people saying third line, who knows? Uh, but he seems to be like a decent prospect to the that we acquired. All right. I like it. Cool. I mean, I like the trade. It's a good trade. And that's going to be our last rapid fire for the day. So thank you, Alex, for your little tiny thing. I'm going to kick you now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Alex. Thanks for joining. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has uh, subscribed, who has liked, who has reviewed. Please continue to do so. It's how we keep the show on the air. It's how we keep the lights on. Thank you, Eagle, for all the work you've done today. Thanks for finally tracking down Alex, the intern, after a week of partying in L.A. Um, Terry, thank you for everything you've done today. And thank you all for letting me be myself.